Advantage is the premier provider of non-traditional work, advocacy, and resources while pushing the boundaries of athletic training. Follow them on social media at The Advantage and join their email list for an even deeper dive into all things non-traditional and access to even more boundary-pushing content. Hey everyone, welcome back to Reframe the Game. Here we are at the start of season two, and I am so excited to get back into this. We have heard so many positive reviews from all of you, all of our listeners, all of the people who have liked and shared and shared the messages of Reframe the Game with their colleagues, with their friends, with their family, with their coworkers, with other healthcare providers who may just needed need to hear the lesson uh, that we were talking about last season. This season, we have another nine to 10 episodes of you that are going to dive even deeper into some of the concepts of personal development and professional development and how we as athletic trainers can leverage some of these learnings to help live an extraordinary life, to help create a life of our choosing and, and, and really work towards creating a life that we can be proud of and that we're content with. And that's really what this episode is all about. This episode is about reframing life. I wanted to start with this for season two because it was one of the most frequently asked questions that I would get on social media, which was, you know, how do I live this life that I want to live? You know, you talk about reframing our relationships to the profession. We talk about habits, routines, and rituals, but how do I, how do I make the next step in living life-work balance? And so I really thought that we could spend this first episode of season two talking about this concept of life-work balance or life-work integration, or as I like to call it, just life, right? We, we have life. That's what we have. And I think when we think about how in the literature or in popular conversation or popular context in athletic training, even like popular culture in what we mean by life work balance or life work integration. You know, we start out, we talk about life work balance where we have life on one end and work on the other. And those are kind of like competing forces that we're forced to equalize, right? We we're forced to kind of put these two things on equal footing and, um, you know, that is difficult to do, right? Because if you are balanced, then are you, are you, are you moving in any direction? Or if you're balanced, are you un, are you unproductive? Are you un, you know, are, are you, are you not necessarily moving forward in any aspect of your life? Are you stuck, right? Because motion in general is, is unbalanced, and so I think, you know, over time we still use the word work-life balance, but I think, you know, as, as in, in the literature or in kind of conversations when we talk about it, we understand that the idea of absolute balance may not be actually what we're desiring, even though it may sound positive or it may sound simple or it may sound easy to grasp this idea of I'm going to spend eight hours of day at work, I'm going to spend eight hours of my waking time um, not doing work, and then I'm going to spend eight hours sleeping, right? That's what balance would look like, right, If in a 24-hour day. And we do that every single day, right? So 
Monday through Sunday, we would wake up however many hours we'd have before we'd go do something. We'd go work for eight hours. Then we'd have however many hours we didn't wake up or, or after work to do whatever we wanted to do. And then we'd sleep for eight hours. And I think by and large, most athletic trainers and most humans would say, that's not really what I'm looking for, right? I'm not really looking for this absolute balance among rest and recovery and work and, and, and life. And so then we, we started to reframe the way we thought of work-life balance. And we started using terms like work-life integration. Like we need to find ways to integrate our life into our work or integrate work into our life. And, you know, sometimes during our lives we'll be the, it's like a pendulum where sometimes we'll be more swung towards work and other times we'll be more swung towards life. And, you know, it's this idea that you, you in the big picture, as long as you're able to balance things, right? So work-life balance and, you know, often was, was viewed at as like a micro level, right? Like every day has to be balanced or every month has to be balanced. And then work-life integration started kind of shifting that and coming up with strategies to, you know, in the long run, how can we have a whole life worth living? What are some strategies that we can do to integrate, you know, what what are some strategies we can do to integrate our life into our work or our work into our life and, and um, you know, swinging from really heavy work times to really heavy life times. Um, and that sounds better right? But it, it still presents the primary challenge of work-life balance or work-life integration, and that is the creation of a false dichotomy, right? Work-life balance, work-life work life integration, both of these concepts create the, the challenge of a false dichotomy, right? What we're doing is trying to parse out sections of our life. In reality, we only have one life, right? Like, we only have life. There's, we don't have our work life and our non-work life and our sleep life and our relationship life and our friend life. We don't have these little boxes of life. We have life in general. And it's our duty and it's our responsibility to, to live life how we choose to live. And I think that comes back to you know where I like to start this conversation in terms of reframing our definition of life, right? So let's throw out work-life balance, work-life integration, work-life whatever, right? Whatever the next work-life balance word is going to be, right? Where we're creating this false dichotomy of life and work and what it means to be a human being. And, And really, let's just reframe the definition and let's just call it what it is. And that's life. And my definition of life, and and it may not be everyone's definition, but this is how I like to approach this conundrum and this challenge of work-life balance or the false dichotomy of life. And my definition is that life is spending your time, your energy, and your attention, how you want to spend it, when you want to spend it, so you can experience, grow, and contribute. That's the definition that I work through. And let me break this down. Let me, I'll, I'll read the whole definition one more time and I will, then I'll break it down for you. So my definition of life is spending your time, energy, and attention, how you want to spend it, when you want to spend it, so you can experience, grow, and contribute. And if you look at the, if, if, we, if we break down this definition a little bit, 
you know, I start with the idea of spending time, attention, and energy. And we can't save time. We can't save energy. We can't save our attention, right? We have to spend it. Um, you either spend it or you waste it. And, you know, as I think about life is I want to be as intentional and as mindful and as deliberate in spending my three most valuable resources, which are my time, my energy, and my attention. If I can spend those resources intentionally and mindfully, then I can gain some of the other resources that are also important, but not the most important, right? I can, I can, I can use that to earn financial resources. I can use that to earn relationship resources, right? But I need my time, energy, and intention to be my three most valuable resources because those are the things that I can't generate by, you know, generate from someone else. I have to be the owner and the director and the captain of that ship. And so that, that that's how I start this definition. I spend my time, energy, and attention, because you can't save your time, energy, or attention. You can either spend it or you can waste it. And then the second piece of that definition is how I want to spend it. So this is the conscious choice of spending my three most valuable resources in a way that I find valuable at that moment, right? I find valuable to reach whatever goals, potentials, dreams, aspirations I have in my life to be present with those people around me to engage in thoughtful conversations. But it's again, it's a conscious choice of how I want to spend it. And I understand that I'm making the conscious choice to spend my time, energy, and attention, let's say at work. I'm I'm making that choice. Why? Because I want to use my time, energy, and intention at work to gain other resources in my life so then I can spend my time, energy, and attention in another way, maybe at leisure or at vacation or, or taking my friends and my families on a once-in-a-lifetime trip, right, or, or whatever it may be, right? But I'm consciously choosing to spend those resources in that way at that time. And then, you know, the, the, the second half of the definition is when you want to spend it so you can experience, grow, and contribute. And I kind of alluded this, alluded to this in my last little explanation here, but so it's, it's about how I want to spend my time, energy, and attention when I want to spend my time, energy, and attention so I can experience, grow, and contribute. For me, I'm using my three most valuable resources to find some and create and generate and grow some of these other important resources, but not the most important resources like, um, like financial resources, maybe like, you know, autonomy, autonomy and freedom, right? Some of those resources and some of that respect and trust, right? Those are other resources that I can garner. So I can, so I can then use my time to experience, grow, and contribute in my life. And what I mean by that is when, when we think about experience, grow, and contribute, right? Like humans are not meant and, and humans were not designed to just exist, right? 
but we also weren't designed to toil away at work. And I think there was an episode in season one where I talked about this a little bit, like, like we, 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 we do, we, we are meant for more. We are meant for more than existing and getting by day by day until the time we expire and our time is limited on this earth, right? But we're also not designed and we can't, and it's difficult to find fulfillment in toiling away at work. And, and I use the word toil specifically because if you love work and you love contribution, to your life, if you love contribution to the profession, if you love contribution to your job, then by all means, spend your time, energy, and attention doing that thing that you love, right? But if that's not you, don't feel like you must do that to keep up or to keep up with the Joneses or to fit in or to be a successful athletic trainer, right? Some of us want to have a life where we focus on our experiences or we focus on our growth over our contributions. I find myself focused on, you know, I, I find my, on when you look at experiences, growth and contribution, mine has shifted over, over time, right? I think I, I believe that really early on in my career as an athletic trainer, I was hyper-focused on contribution. I was I was working on contributions to my career, to my creative life, to my family life, to my community life, to the life of the profession and the professional organizations of athletic training. And then, you know, a little later in my early career, I was focusing on growth, right? My, my health and fitness growth, my intellectual growth, my, my, the growth in my skill set, growth in my spiritual life, right? Like connecting with what's out there, right? And connecting and, and trying to figure out my place in the universe um, and, and really what that looks like and 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 where that is. So that's how I was spending my time. And that's where I found the joy and I was spending my time, energy, and attention in that way. And now I feel like I've kind of let, I'm leaning into my experiences, right? So now, you know, when this episode was recorded, I am 13 years into my, my professional life as an athletic trainer. And right now I'm really feeling drawn to spending my time, energy, and attention on my relationships, on my friendships, on my adventures and the experiences I can have in my life of, of going places, experiencing things and, and choosing, and then, and kind of mourning the experiences that I'm choosing not to do while fully embracing the experiences that I'm choosing to do, um, thinking about how I can experience my environment, my, my daily environment in a different way and be present and engage in, um, kind of meaningful, meaningful interactions and relationships, not just with human beings, but just with, um, with, with, with the environment itself, right? I find myself leaning towards that, but I've also over time grown from the, from the perspective of, I like to have contributions or, or spend my time, energy, and intention in each of these areas in, in the experiences, growth, and contributions to the world. Like I still love work. I still love growing. I still, and I, and I really love experiences right now. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to spend my time, energy, and intention in all three of these areas. Right. But I think that this brings up a, a, a kind of a, uh, another conundrum or another, uh, 
challenge of life. And that is we don't have infinite time. We live in a world of infinite possibilities, but we ourselves are finite in our nature, right? I just finished reading a book called 4,000 Weeks, A Mortal's Guide to Time Management. And in that book, uh, the author, it talks about that the average human, if you live to be about 80 years old, give or take, um, you you live about 4,000 weeks. Okay. And, and um, as social media and technology have increased and has, as our, our lives have become quote unquote easier, right? The number of possibilities that we have to choose any number of things, right? Whether it be food or experiences or jobs or what movies we want to watch on Netflix or Hulu, right? Like all of those choices have expanded infinitely, right? But we as a, we, uh, we as humans, we are still finite. And so that has created this difficulty in, in asking ourselves, what's, what do we do? What do we spend our time, energy, and attention on? What experiences, what ways do I want to grow? What ways do I want to contribute? And, and that can be that that's really difficult. And I think that when we look at work life, work life, or whatever, work life balance, work life integration, life, work life, whatever, whatever we're calling it, right? Whatever, whatever word or or set of words that you use to frame your understanding of the tension and the friction that exists when we have to choose between what we feel our obligations and what we feel our desires or what we have uh, or what we feel as in terms that the things that are pulling us in one direction or another in life or or whatever that is right i, I you know i think it's our t- what what's pulling us for our time and what's what demands do we have on us for our time energy and attention right however however whatever words we want to use to describe that right i think the challenge in that is that and the 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 solution and the the work that has to be done by each and every individual is the work of choice the work of consequences the work of mourning the work of grief the work of of understanding the finitude right the, the the fact that we have an expiration date and but we live in an infinite world and the work of navigating that every single day and the work of navigating that every single moment and understanding that every choice we make to do something to spend our time energy and attention in a certain way we are removing our ability to spend our time, energy, and attention at that time in that way forever, right? So we were choosing a specific path as opposed to an infinite path. And in choosing the specific path in that moment, there is some mourning that has to happen. And, uh, or there, there's some grief that we may feel that's really keeping us in this place of why am I choosing this? Am I really happy or am I content in choosing this? Like we have like 
buyer's remorse almost, right? Like, oh, I just chose to spend my time like this and I'm really not enjoying it. Um, or I, I'm choosing to spend my time, energy, and attention in this way, and I really don't want to be being, I don't want to be here. And so we have this kind of, I don't know if it's if it's remorse, if it's grief, if it's just this this challenge in our in our in our lives. And sometimes that tension and that friction are enough to make us change the way we feel about ourselves. Like what choices am I making? Am I making the choice to do something that I'm miserable at or not mis- that I'm miserable while I'm doing it, even though I'm good at it, right? Or is there another way? And I think that when we start to think about that and we start to challenge that, we can't just, we, we can't just say, okay, I'm done. I'm done with this. Because if that's the ultimate outcome, that's fine. But we can't just throw up our hands and run away and say, I can't do this anymore. Because the the the, the life fact that we will that you will still live and we will still live in an infinite world, although we are finite, will exist. Whether or not you're an athletic trainer or you're a nurse or you're a stay-at-home parent or you're a financial banker in New York City, or you're a stockbroker working on the New York Stock Exchange, or you're a farmer or a rancher, right? Like, like that will exist, right? That, that that challenge will exist because you exist now in the period of human history in which now we do have infinite possibilities. We have access to almost infinite information. We have infinite choices to make every single day. Um, but we, st- that, that still, that that's happening, but we still haven't collectively as a society, uh, collectively as a profession and individually as human beings, we often don't face our finitude and the, the, the fact that we don't have unlimited time or unlimited resources or the unlimited ability to choose to do everything in our lives. So we have to start prioritizing and we have to start making choices that are in alignment with our professional values, our personal values, our foundational values of who we are as a human being, and then work to craft a a job, work to craft a career around those values. Because we do live also in a world that requires a, an exchange of services or goods or time, energy, and attention for other resources that are needed to, to live and survive, right? There, there is always the alternative that you could go live in a, you know, buy, find, save enough money to buy enough land and build a self-sustaining farm off the grid and not interact with others. I mean, you could interact with others, but, you know, not engage in the society, you know, you could do that. Right. But, you know, that is an option, but I, I think that most, um, that that may not be a realistic option for everyone. Right. If that's, if that's the option you take, uh, let's go spend some time together, right? Because there's often times that I think that that would be that that sounds and feels really great. But then when I really reflect on my values, um, uh, it, it sounds like it'd be great for like a month, like a sabbatical solitude sabbatical or something like that. Um, but it, it, 
it pulls away from some of the other experiences and growing opportunities and contributions that I want to make in my life for the short period of time that I'm here on this planet. Right. Um, but so, so we have to think about ways and we, I think we have to make tough choices about how we're spending our time. And then when we make those tough choices, know that we've made those choices and be confident that we're making those choices because these align with our values, with our core values, with our purpose in life. And they're helping move us towards a way, towards a place where we can experience life, grow and grow within our life and contribute within our personal and professional lives. Um, and, and whatever that looks like. So, uh, you know, that, that may feel like some, you know, abstract philosophical argument for the definition of life or life work balance, or what are we supposed to do as athletic trainers when I have a job that tells me I need to work this time to this time, but I have a wedding and it interacts, it, 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 it conflicts with a work event, right? Like that, that, that may feel so far away from that, but it really isn't right. Like do how do you want to spend your time, energy, and attention? That's the question you have to answer. How do I want to spend? And, and, and this is what I value, right? I value, let's, let's say, let's say it's, let's say you are supposed to be working on a Saturday. You were invited to your best friend's wedding. Now you're not in the wedding. You're just because they, they don't want people in the wedding. I don't know. Right? Like oftentimes we can find an excuse. Like if you were in the wedding, somehow it's more appropriate to tell your boss, well, I'm in the wedding. So that means I have to go, right? It's more like culturally appropriate if you're in a wedding to miss work, to go to a wedding, as opposed to if you're a guest at a wedding, right? Like you see what I'm saying? So let's say you're not in the wedding. You're just a guest, but it's your best friend, your best childhood friend. You have spent so much time with this person and um, you have so many memories and you're so happy to see them uh, take the next step in their life and and choose marriage. Um, and, and, and you want to be there to celebrate that, but it's the first weekend of the state tournament or something. I don't know. Right. First weekend of the state tournament. And now you're feeling conflicted. Well, my team really needs me. My employer really needs me. My, my patients really need me. And we use, we usually approach it from that perspective, but what if we approach it from the other perspective? My best friend really needs me, or I want to be there for my best friend because my relationship with this person is so important. They have been so influential in my life and I cannot wait to celebrate with them. It's a choice. It's a choice about how we want to spend our time, energy, and attention. And we have to look at this is what growth or what contributions or what experiences am I going to make if I stay with the team that I'm working with for the first round of the state tournament versus what experiences, what type of personal growth am I going to experience? What type of contributions am I going to experience when I go and I attend my best friend's wedding? 
um, just to celebrate, not to be in it or not to have a role in it, simply to be there and to celebrate and to be present and spend my three most valuable resources, my tent, my time, my energy, and my attention celebrating someone who has had such a profound impact on my life. When you think about that and you think about that choice, it's painful because either way, you will feel like you're letting someone down. You're going to let your best friend down if you choose to work, or you're going to let patients that you've built a rapport with down. However, this is the, this is life. This is the choices that we're faced every faced with every single day. And one of the two you're going to have to mourn. You're going to have to grieve because you can't do it. Because as an athletics trainer, you, as a human being, you cannot be in two places at once. Until we figured out how to do that, and then for those two, not even clones, but those two replicas to have the same life experience and to integrate them into a singular, you know, unity experience or singular mind or something like that, right? Until we can do that, we're not going to be able to do that right? We have to choose one. We have to make a choice. And that's where I think the, ch- the pain comes in for us as athletic trainers and for us as employees that work in a world where we have to somehow beg for our time off, right? That we have to be, and, and we feel bad because this person had paid for this box of time, right? And so you, you somehow owe your employer something because they're paying for this box of time, you know, like if you think about time as like a conveyor belt and, and, you know, the, the author of, of 4,000 weeks uses this example, like y- you think about time as like a conveyor belt and every hour, let's just say is a box and we have to figure out what to do with that hour of time. But then, you know, certain boxes are red and red boxes don't, you can't choose what you do at that time. You have to, you have to do what your employer tells you to do because your employer has bought that time from you. Right. Like, it's helpful. I guess it's simple to think of that like that, like think of life and the exchange of time, energy, and attention like that, but that's not how it goes. That's not how it works. And so the strategy is to not run away from the, the challenge of understanding that we have a finite amount of time and we have, and we can't be in two places at once. So what, what, happens what has happened to me so often in this is is that I'll know a wedding's coming up or I'll know something's coming up or an important life event is coming up and I'm like God, I I just don't want to deal with it right now I'm too busy I I'm just going to put it off I'm just going to kick it down the road right like oh it won't be a big deal I'll wait I'll wait I'll wait I'll wait I'll wait and then ultimately there is a a real deadline an absolute deadline either the RSVP is due or it's the day before the wedding. And now it feels like if I choose me, I'm going to somehow, I'm going to be like deviant by, I'm going to be deviant or, or, you know, like, uh, I'm going to be a bad employee because I'm choosing me at the last minute and not, you know, choosing work because that's what we're supposed to do. Cause that's what a good worker does. And that's what it means to be a good American a good American or a good athletic trainer or a good whatever. Right. Um, and you know, it starts 
when we run away from the choices that we're forced to make. And it starts when we kick the can down the road and we get closer and closer and closer to that deadline. And then when we get closer and closer and closer to that deadline, it's not a simple ask. It becomes a more complicated ask. And when it's a more complicated ask, we find more excuses to say, you know, it's just my best friend. You know, I'll, I'll see them the week after. I'll see them the week before. Maybe I'll go see them on the day after their wedding or the day before. I'll go to the rehearsal dinner or something like that. But, you know, or, you know, I'll, I'll see them when they get back from the honeymoon. But I don't really need to go to the wedding. You know, I have got a game. I, I've got to be there for the game. And, and right, it's, it's easier to do that. It's easier to make those excuses. Whereas if when we know and we identify this is valuable to me, this is important to me, this is a way I want to invest my time, energy, and attention because I want to have experiences grow and contribute, and this is when it happens. And you know what? It really is unfortunate that these two things are happening at the same time. But I'm choosing my best friend. I'm choosing my lifelong relationships versus a work relationship that I've had for five, 10, 15 years, 20 years, right? It's, if it's, if it's, if it's likely less than the, your best friend. And even if, even if it's longer, if you, even if you've been working at this institution or at this, for this employer longer than you've known your best friend, they're your best friend probably because the intensity of your relationship, right? And it has nothing to do with time in versus time out, right? It has every, and it has nothing to do with loyalty either. It has everything to do with relationships and, and being a human and connecting with other humans. And so when you've made that choice, you know what the consequences will be. And, and, and so, you know, usually weddings, you have a little bit of heads up, right? They usually don't, you don't, you don't hear about a wedding on Friday and someone gets married on a Saturday, but usually you have a little heads up and now the ask becomes much easier. And once you've already decided, this is what I'm going to do. There is only one path forward. And that is to accept whatever those consequences are, right? Maybe that consequence is you have to work, uh, you have to, you have to negotiate, um, you know, maybe you have to use one of your PTO days and that means you can't go tubing down the river in three weeks like you planned on doing it because the employers have said you have this many PTO days and that's okay too, right? That's okay too, because now you're making, now you have to make the choice between tubing down a river. It's not, it's not making a choice between working and not working. It's making the choice between tubing down the river or going to your best friend's wedding. Right. And then you're forced with another choice. You're, you're forced to deal with another choice of infinite possibilities, but finite time, finite um, resources, and really finite, um, you know, fi- finite opportunity. And so if you are, if you, if you really want to go to your friend's wedding, now the, now the choice is easy. Okay. I, I in three weeks, I won't go on the, the canoe trip or the, tubing trip or whatever it may be, right? Okay. Now, now it's your employer's responsibility to find someone to cover, right? You can certainly help, but I think oftentimes we as athletic trainers feel like we are obligated to find someone to cover for us. But the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, it's, it's, you can always ask other people, but it's not your responsibility. 
it's your employer's or your boss's responsibility. That's why they're your boss and you're not their boss is because they, they are responsible overall for, to make, to, to ensure that there's adequate health care for the, uh, patients or the, the student athletes or who, whatever your patient panel is that are, are participating. That's your boss's responsibility. And, you know, that's a choice that they have to make how they want to choose to deal with it. And, you know, too often, I think as athletic trainers, we take on way too much responsibility for other people's problems and for other people's challenges. Now, don't, I don't want anyone to get, get me wrong on this. This is not about like shirking off responsibility or like saying that's not my job or, or, you know, it's not about not being a team player, right? This is about understanding that we have, we have created and our employer has created a hierarchical structure for a reason. And where, wherever we are on this hierarchical structure, there is likely someone above us and it's their responsibility, um, to move forward in our absence, right? Like, and what does that solution look like? I don't know. Maybe that, that solution is having a really difficult conversation with the, and, and maybe it's having a difficult conversation with the coach or the athletic director saying that, you know, Susan isn't going to be here today because uh, she's going to a wedding and we couldn't find anyone else. So there's not going to be anyone providing you coverage. I've already, ta- you know, but this high school that you're going to is covered by one of our, uh, one of our other outreach schools. So I know that, you know, Sarah, the, the other athletic trainer there will, we've talked and, and, uh, if you need anything, you can just go ask Sarah and, and they'll take care of it. Right. Or, you know, maybe you are in that supervisory role role and the default for you is to choose to, okay, I'll be the one to cover. I'll be the one to go provide care because my employee wants to do this, but I really have this other thing that I really want to do, or I need to do, or I'd like to spend my time, energy, and attention doing. Well, that's a choice for you to make. Right. I, I think that 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 we as athletic trainers so often feel like we don't have choice. We feel like we're beholden to the team or to the patient panel or to our bosses, and there and that it's somehow, you know, immovable. Right? It's somehow set in whatever the toughest stone is, and there is no leeway. And we feel like most of our choices are, are not choices at all. And I think that that is a contributor to, you know, it's, it, you know, I, I've written with, with some co-authors on this idea of psychological ownership. And, and part of, part of that is the, the concept of like having, Auton- or the, the feeling of autonomy or choice in your in your day-to-day workplace. And I think so often we work from this perspective that we don't have choice, that we don't have the ability to make decisions for ourselves, and we don't have the ability to negotiate and manage what's important to us. And as a result, it leads to unhappiness and un- discontentment and um 
and this this idea that I don't even get to choose how I get to grieve, right? I don't even get to choose how I get to mourn. I I have to choose this, or this is the choice that's already been made for me, and now I'm going to turn that in and turn that towards cynicism towards my employer, cynicism towards the profession of athletic training, cynicism towards my coworkers who, you know have figured it out, right? Or, or, or to cynicism to other people I see on social media or other people I see in the profession who on the outside, or at least what they post appear to have life work, life figured out, right? Um, and, 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 you know, we, we look externally when in reality, it's just, a it's a conversation that we need to have with ourselves and it's not easy. And I don't know anyone who's perfect at this. And I think that it's natural for humans to choose this idea that we are we are infinite as well, right? We have infinite potential. We have infinite ability to do our jobs, but we don't. We we don't have infinite potential. If, you know, we. I guess you'd okay. If you want to talk about, it, I guess you could say you have infinite potential, but you have finite ability, right? If you had infinite potential, if you had infinite ability, you would be able to live forever, right? And, and figure out a way to, to solve the, the challenge of, of death, right? Even though it may lie within each of us, right? We have, we ha- our life is defined by a choice, by a series of finite choices. And, um, how we spend choosing uh, choosing to spend every minute or giving our attention to ev- every minute of of every day and and really it can be defined not only by the choices that we make but by the infinite other amount of things that we're saying no to and it's hard and i, I certainly haven't figured it out but I think that it's worth a conversation and worth some reflection and worth some really deep thinking and experimenting on what does this look like for you? Are you willing to, what, what sorts of consequences and what's your tolerance for pain and discomfort when you make a choice for yourself, right? You make the choice, so, so let's let's work this out. You make the choice to go to your friend's wedding, your best friend's wedding. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. Not because you're making the wonderful choice to go to your best friend's wedding. It's going to hurt because you're also making the choice not to work at your job. You're making the choice to provide, to be, an, to, to be the source of inconvenience to a group of people right? That's, that, that, that's pretty painful. Like, I, I don't think I, I mean, I know I don't like that. I know I don't like the feeling that that creates in my heart and my mind when I know that I'm making a choice that's inconvenient to other people, but I'm making a choice that's important to me. And, uh, you know, I think the only way to get better at that or to be able to navigate those challenges and navigate those feelings a better, a little better is to make choices like that on a, or, or, you know, you're already making choices like that. You just have to, you're making choices on a micro level like that. You just have to reframe and say, 
I'm making this choice and I'm also making the choice to, you know, inconvenience people to, um, you know, to not eat this or to eat this or, you, you know, you can, you can look at, you can look at the choices you make on both sides. You can look at it from here's the choice I'm making. And, you know, you may, you know, when you make, oh, I'm going to go to your wedding. And in your mind, your expectation may be this should feel great. But in your heart and your soul and your gut and your brain, it doesn't feel great. And so you question yourself, did I make the right choice? Should I have chosen something else? Should I have chosen not to go to my friend's wedding? Or we can look at the, we, but, but to reconcile that, right, we also have to look at the choice that we did make that may be creating those uncomfortable feelings in our mind or in our heart or in our gut. And if we can at least recognize them and face them and say, yes, I feel uncomfortable about this because I don't like to, to, I'm the type of person who doesn't like to inconvenience others. And I know that this choice is going to inconvenience others, but that doesn't change my choice, right? Again, that does not make the feelings go away, but it does create an opportunity for us to navigate those feelings and those challenges and those emotions a little better and a little in a, in a, in a more healthy way so that we're not turning this into I chose myself and that was the wrong decision. Anyone hear me on that? I chose myself and that was the wrong decision. I can't tell you it's countless number of times that I chose myself and it felt like the wrong decision. And so what I learned, what I thought and what I started conditioning myself is every time I choose myself, I was making the wrong decision. I'm gonna say that one more time. I conditioned myself that every time I chose myself, I was making the wrong decision. And we can't walk away from that, right? You have to be able to embrace that I'm not making the wrong decision because I'm choosing myself. It feels uncomfortable because I'm a caring human being. It feels quote unquote negative because I care about the pay. I care deeply about the patients that I work with and I, I, I hate to inconvenience them. Right. That's why I, that, that's why I'm having these uncomfortable feelings. And that's actually pretty good. Like I, I care about the patients that I'm working with. I care about the team or the group of individuals I've been entrusted with to care for that I've been entrusted with to lead through their healthcare experience and through their health, through their healthcare, um, journey. It makes me feel it, 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 that, that doesn't feel good for me. Well, that's a great, that's a great kind of pulse on, on how you're doing in life is that if, if you still care about the patients that you're working with, you're probably not burnt out. If you still aren't cynical about the, the challenges that we, that we are faced with every single day as athletic trainers, you're probably not burnt out. You're just going through, you're just having to deal with hard emotions. You're just having to deal with things that make us feel uncomfortable. But when we ignore that, and we start to internalize this idea that I made a choice for me and that is bad. Now we're creating the recipe for never choosing ourselves or creating a cycle that's really hard to break of not choosing ourselves because we want to avoid the negative or the difficult feelings of disappointing people, right? Or we want to avoid the grief of choosing one thing 
but not choosing an infinite number of other possibilities. We can't avoid that. We cannot avoid that. And, and I think as athletic trainers, that's really where we, where we can work on this and grow together. So I think, you know, as we kind of wrap this up or as we, as we bring this topic to a close, my challenge for you or for, or my, my ask for you is to really look at what opportunities you have in your life to make choices where you can make the choice, zoom out, and then analyze the situation. Reflect on the journal, reflect on the situation, grab yourself a journal, grab yourself a sheet of paper, organize your thoughts, make the choice to choose you, then sit in those feelings, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it may be, write those feelings down. Are you, what are you feeling? Are you feeling like you're making a, a negative choice? Do you feel that, that kind of sense that I was talking about where you choose you and that feels wrong, right? And then look on the other side of that, look on the other side of your decision and look at the things that you're not choosing, right? Look at the things that you're not choosing to engage with or the choices that you're not making or the, the possibilities that you are giving up. And then just sit in that space sit in that space. Do that over and over and over again. Do that three times a day. One time, start out one time a day, one time a week. Maybe it's difficult to identify that you're actually making choices, um, even at the micro level, that when you make one choice, you're turning away from an infinite number of other choices. But start with that once a week. Find one, one decision you make in your practice every single week and really work to deconstruct that really work to break that down. So you can see both sides and identify, are you making that connection? Are you by default saying I made this choice? It feels bad. Therefore choosing myself is bad, right? Are you making that false logical connection with that? And if you are identify it first, Identify it because once you have authentic self-awareness that that's what you're doing, now you can have authentic self-change and you can uh, yeah, authentic self-help and, and really shift that to a place where I'm feeling this, but these feelings are not true. I'm feeling this, but these feelings are not the whole story. They may be true. They may be authentic, but they are not the whole story. And he, and then expand your story, have the conversation about, about what the whole story is, because we don't work in a world of black and white. And I think so oftentimes we, we want to simplify that into a black and white, but we live in this complex, you know, world with so many different exceptions, right? And with so many different, um, with with rules that that are are broken or not broken or these structures that we're pushing up against and all of those things make make can create discomfort but if we can if we can look at the whole picture and get a rich understanding of what this all looks like in context 
to our life and, and what life is spending our time, energy, and attention when we want to spend it so we can experience, grow, and contribute, right? If, if we can contextualize that to our definition of life, it doesn't make it easy, but hopefully we're a little better at navigating those challenges. And so, um, with that, I think, I think I'm ready to wrap up and I really appreciate that you, that you stuck with me during that kind of that deep, those deep moments in this conversation. I know we got deep and we got into some kind of philosophical concepts of an infinite world and, and finitude and, you know, and, you know, the fact that we're all going to die and we really have to start making choices, but this is all to say that we don't have a, there's no dichotomy in our life right like there's no dichotomies in our life our life is 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 not a dichotomy it's not a continuum our life is not cannot be put on some sort of scale that we try to simplify it in right our life is not simple when we try to when we try to kind of like construct our life in this idea of work life balance or a work life continuum or you know anything other than a messy complex unusual, dirty, with a lot of shiny spots thing, right? <laughs> what we're doing is we're, we're not giving, we're not giving life the respect it deserves. We're not approaching life with a sense of awe and wonder and, and, a, and a, a respect that navigating life is difficult. And when we make difficult choices, the difficult choices sometimes and most often are the choices that define our life and the trajectory of our life for a li- as little time as we have on 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 this earth right and so instead of shying away from the difficult moments and the difficult decisions what if we lean into those difficult decisions knowing that it's going to be messy, knowing that we're going to have to settle at some point, knowing that it's not going to be perfect and there's not going to be any perfect time and that other people may feel hurt or other people may feel inconvenienced with that. But we, and that's okay because we're, other people are going to make decisions that are going to quote unquote hurt us or make us feel uncomfortable or make us feel less than, and that's life this ties into something else that I've, that I've talked about pretty regularly is that you're enough. You're enough for existing in this messy, complex, dirty world, right? You are enough and you don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to, you don't deserve, you don't, you don't have to do anything to deserve the life that you have, right? Like it's, it's all complicated. It's all messy. It's all, sometimes it doesn't make any sense. And that's one of the beautiful things about being a human. And so give yourself that grace and give others around you. If you're a supervisor of athletic trainers, or if you're not a supervisor of athletic trainers right now, but you have desires to be a supervisor of athletic trainers in the future, or you're given the opportunity to be a supervisor of athletic trainers, maybe even before you feel like you're ready, um, then then remember that life is messy, life is complex. And when, when, when people ask for opportunities to choose themselves, 
they're not asking for opportunities that what they're not doing is saying, I'm doing this to intentionally hurt you or hurt others or hurt the patients I'm working with. Right. I'm doing this because I, 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 I have a limited number of finite choice or of choices that I can make. Right. Even though the world is infinite and I could spend my time however I want, but I'd really like to spend my time and tension and energy in this way. And having some grace and some mercy for individuals who may be struggling with that. Because I think we all, maybe we don't all struggle. I certainly struggle. And maybe some people have figured this out. If, if you figured this out, reach out to me and let's, let's have a conversation. Because if, if you can, if you figured this out, if you figured out this difficulty, this challenge, the choices we have to make, particularly as it relates to being an athletic trainer and some of the things we're, we're chosen, we have to choose ourselves. We have to choose, you know, what, what do we choose in a, in a specific moment? Please reach out and let's, let's have a conversation. Cause I'd lo- I would love to learn and I love to share whatever that solution is. Um, but you know, for me, at least I haven't, I haven't figured it out, but what has helped has been, has been having a conversation and thinking and reflecting about the complexity of life and the, the paradox between living in an infinite world and being finite. Um, and, and I really hope that you're able to walk away from this with a respect for the difficulty and the decisions you have to make every day. And I hope that that eases some of the tension or the anxiety that any of you may feel or any of the listeners who are listening now may feel when they're, when they're making a difficult choice, not only about life or life work balance or life work integration or life, whatever, right. But about maybe it's the difficulty in making a clinical decision. Maybe it's the difficulty in choosing to stay or move to a new job. Maybe it's the difficulty in, you know, hiring a new coworker. You know, it could be a difficulty in, in, in any moment of, of the life, but a moment of your career or in your life. But I hope we can just think about this and the complexities that are, that are related to being an athletic trainer and, and trying to navigate life the best we can. So if you enjoyed this, please make sure that you're sharing it. Please make sure that you are reaching out with your comments, your thoughts. Let's help build this community. Let's help reframe the game as it comes to athletic training. Let's help approach life and healthcare differently. Also, if, uh, if, if you did enjoy this, please make sure that you are rating this, uh, leaving comments on, you know, whatever your, whatever the podcast player of choice is, uh, so we can spread the message so we can continue to create excellent content and, and share it with the, the growing number of athletic trainers. We've partnered with OnlineTherapy.com, that's Online-Therapy.com, a complete counseling toolbox where you get the support and tools you need to be happier, and it's all based on cognitive behavioral therapy. Head over to Opportune.at slash OnlineTherapy, that's Opportune.at slash OnlineTherapy to get started for free and enjoy 20% off of your first month of therapy.